Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. Young Entertainment Professionals. Hey, everybody. I'm Libby Olerich, your host of the brand new Young Entertainment Professionals podcast, a series featuring the people cultivating the entertainment industry and how they discovered their career path with the help of Yep Nashville. If you're listening and have been involved with Yep before, whether that's attending one of our mixers or panel events, this podcast is for you. Or maybe you're a fan of our online networking community and you're familiar with the opportunities that have come about on our Facebook page, our newsletter, etc., or you have heard our name in conversation and you still have no idea who we are, how we got started, or what we do. This series is still for you. Because as all of us have realized, it isn't easy to find your place in entertainment, and we want to continue to provide a community for you to build your own network as the industry evolves. So young entertainment professionals, what are we all about? I could tell you, but instead I'm going to let our guests tell you because they are the early pioneers of this organization. We're going to kick things off with the original founder of Yep and musicpreneur, Andrew Cohen. And alongside him is current Yep executive director, Amelia Varney. You'll hear about the work they do on a daily basis, how Yep has helped them navigate leadership and what the overall mission of Yep is for the young and hungry entertainment professional. We're so excited to launch the official podcast for the organization. And I hope that over the next few weeks, you'll hear something from one of our guests that will enlighten and inspire you. And now to our interview. Welcome, Yep founder, Mr. Andrew Cohen, to the podcast. How's it going? Pretty good. Great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here and starting Yep. Yeah, kind of weird, right? Yeah. Full circle. (laughs) 2011. (laughs) Yeah. Feels like a... It feels like a decade. It's almost it's a decade. I know. Yeah. Amelia's over here. Just Hi. like, oh my God. <laughs> Our current executive director. Yes. Yeah. For, For a last, year and a half. Yeah. Almost two. Almost two. What have you learned so far? Man, I have learned a work-life balance. Mm. Work slash work slash life <laughs> balance. It is two jobs. Way to go, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> I might have set that one up. But yeah. hey, don't we all? But Bal- I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's absolutely just rewarding. I mean, it it's kind of cool because it also adds to like a personal brand. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things where it's like you've got your one job focus that both of us had day jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like this was the other thing. You know, there's always just something else that you can also be doing to kind of like get out there and, and get your name known and, and also be doing something that actually helped a lot of people. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is two jobs. Yeah. But I wouldn't sure. have wanted more free time though. I would have replaced it with something else. I probably would have started an Italian club or something. <laughs> you should still do that. I'd be part of it. I'm not Italian, but I totally join. I mean, oh yeah. It sounds kind of fun. Yeah. We got wine over here. So yeah. I mean, I've got some restaurant ideas that we can start. Manja. Uh, we, we got a plan. Yeah, exactly. We're thinking. So yeah. good. Yeah, you always need that side thing to kind of enhance what you're already doing from day to day. Definitely. It helps. Oh, it helps. It's fun. It's extra work, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. I was lucky because I had a boss and a mentor who was really supportive of it. And I had already started yet before I got that job. And I know we'll probably get into that yeah. pretty soon. But um, so to always have that kind of leeway to be like, I'm going to shoot out an email about something with Yep right now, or I'm going to, I've got a quick little phone call I got to do on that. It was never really like frowned upon. Right. And so I was able to kind of work it and weave it all into 
just kind of what I did every day, you know? That was really hard for me at yeah. first working as an assistant, but I definitely have that leeway now because my boss is also really supportive of Yep and mm-hmm. wants our artists to be involved on every show that I can put them on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was one thing it was just always trying to get and it was for everybody on the board that was giving their time. It was like, hey, like before you commit to us, like we need to know that you're able to help. And and so much of that had to be done during the day. So much of it was just like using your connections that you have from your day job. And so if you're if you're company wasn't really supportive or something like that from anybody's aspect any uh, any board member anybody like that like it made it tougher on the rest of us mm-hmm, to get everything right. done you know when I feel like Amelia now you're in it's that's a perfect timing for this to happen for you because you're basically running running the show so yeah you have the time to do that I'm absolutely loving it you do I do spend a lot of times on the weekends uh doing yep stuff or late at night but I still love it and wouldn't be doing anything else. <laughs> it's just yeah. fun. You also get to do it with your friends. Yeah. yeah. Like we started that that way. It was just like all about, hey, a group of us who all kind of thought the same way and all were in the same boat of trying to figure this whole music business thing out. Let's just meet up and figure out a way that like we can benefit and mm-hmm. also maybe other people can. Yeah. And have accountability within, because a lot of, I will say, there's a lot of organizations that I've been a part of, um, not all, but some where I get involved and I'm like, well, what's the purpose of, you know, me contributing? Like, mm-hmm. what's the... Where know, are we going? Yeah, where are we going with this? Right. And I feel like, I mean, I'm early into YEP. I've only been involved for about a couple months, but I already feel like I'm doing something that relates to my day-to-day yes. situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting out there even more than mm-hmm. I was, you know, sitting behind my desk. Yeah doing work every day so. and we already have fun jobs yeah but this is like the extra fun job mm-hmm. I didn't intend for it to be this way but I do most of my yep work hanging out with people at Red Door <laughs> <laughs> like I put so have, many artists on yep rewind made Red Door a lot of money <laughs> yes. over the years that's how I meet people half of the time and I don't intend for it to become a business thing but it ends up being like hey let me help you let me put you on this awesome show that's just for fun but it'll also help you meet other young people having fun yeah Yeah. and we also learn skills that are different than our everyday job i mean yes putting on shows is something that nobody who actually works on the board has any background we do not have any agents or booking jared is probably the only one jared holly who who's actually my business partner at my job comes from like a live touring background. So like he's probably the one that's like the closest to mm-hmm. that realm. But really the rest of us, I mean, no show production background, but we put on shows. We've we figured it figure out. out how to do it. <laughs> like this is what we want to do. And you've got the connections to do, do it, yeah. which is half the battle, right? Yeah. 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 People it's open their doors. Fun. That was something we learned early on that once we kind of had something that the doors really did kind of just blow wide open for us. I want to get to talking about Rewind at some okay. point because I think it's great. Um, but I first want to start out start out talking about the beginnings of Yep. Um, it formed organically. It wasn't mm-hmm. something you just thought, I want to start Yep, but you wanted to find a job. Oh, yeah. You wanted That's to network. Number one, was, <laughs> I was poor and yeah. looking for a job. And Fresh uh, out of Belmont. Yeah. Actually, not that fresh, really. Really? I was a year out of Belmont before I started Yep. I didn't know that. It took me seven months to find my first job out of Belmont. And I would meet with all of my mentors and everybody and sit around and, you know, hey, I sent out these emails today. I saw this job is posted. And sit with them. And um, I'd hear the worst 
phrase you could ever hear back when you're looking for a job and you're working really hard at it when somebody mm-hmm. goes, you're doing everything uh, right. Oh, <laughs> it is so common. It, but you know what? And now I was telling somebody this today. It was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, as much as you hate hearing that, it was absolutely true. Because it's time. timing. Yeah. The, just the, the people I mm-hmm. had in my network didn't happen to know of the right job at the right time for me. I was getting interviews. I just wasn't getting the job. I got a job. I was making $1,500 a month Wow. Um, at a booking agency that is to not be named, but is not one of the like, big few ones. Mm. Um, and me and my boss just did not get along and ended up uh, after four months choosing to leave. Still, that's my first music industry job. Now I'm no idea what I'm going to do. And I started studying for the LSAT. Wow. On the advice of my parents. Of course. Um, and I met with Beth Laird, um, who's She's awesome. The best. And uh, I had sat with her at Taco Mamacita. <laughs> it's like all music row cafeteria over there. Yeah. And um, chill. Yeah. And uh, I had told her, like, I'm thinking about going to law school. And she was like, well, what do you want to do with that? And I was like, I've heard a lot of lawyers turn into managers to just, you know, I'll use my legal background to go into that. And she was like, don't go into that much debt to go into management. Like keep doing what you're doing. So all that's to say is um, around the same time, this is all like Christmas time of 2010 into 11 right there. Mm. Um, I remember being at the carnival Christmas show, the carnival (laughs) publishing Christmas show and looking around the room and seeing a bunch of people that I knew who they were. I wanted to get coffee and lunch with everyone in the room. (laughs) And I remember thinking to myself, man, we go to all these shows and we see all these people who we really need to be networking with and all that, but also we're, we want to be respectful to the show we're at. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be talking during a writer's round like that, which is one of the most fun shows that happens every year, that one. But um, I remember mentioning it to a couple friends and Marianne Keene, um, who was right mm-hmm. there in the very beginning with me. And um, she's still on the board she's still now. still on the board. <laughs> Marianne and I, and she was one of my closest friends. We both transferred to Belmont at the same time in 2008. Um, and she was like, you keep bringing up this idea of that. Just do it. <laughs> like, just go do it. And I was like, oh, light bulb. <laughs> what do you mean? I could just do it? All right. So she and I sat in Tin Roof one night. This is January. So she and I are sitting in Tin Roof on a Monday because that's what you do when you're mm-hmm. unemployed. You go spend your parents' money <laughs> at, Red, at uh, Tin Roof having a beer. <laughs> and um, it's funny because our friend Aaron Creighton, who now runs Creighton Events, was the bartender at wow. Tin Roof. And we had talked about the idea. We started talking about names for it. And we were like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We picked a date. We, we went to Aaron and we said, hey, can we have people come into this bar <laughs> and like buy drinks? <laughs> <laughs> usual but more because of us let me check the calendar (laughs) and i was like yeah so it was three weeks later three weeks later i believe it was january it was like 28th or something like that we picked the date for the first mixer we created a facebook group we struggled with a name for a couple of days and then came up with young entertainment professionals (laughs) we wanted it to be something that like you could remember and say and it would be an acronym and uh we settled on it on yep (laughs) and uh from there, and uh, it, it, on the side, it sometimes does drive me nuts when people call it YEP. Yes. What? I'm sorry. It's People do it. it it's a way more common it's than you, you think. how you distinguish who's a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, we, we, we wouldn't have named it anything even remotely close to this if we just wanted to call it three letters. Right. <laughs> you know? It's not uh, 
Yeah, the ACT anyway, or yeah. That's an aside. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I'm glad we can settle that once and for all here. <laughs> um, we haven't had the avenue before now. Yes. Uh, now you, you do. Now you have the bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. This has all been worth it. Um, so uh, we decided to do the first mixer. Uh, Aaron was like, yes, you can come in here and have people buy drinks. So uh, three weeks later, we just put out the word to everybody creating an event and created the group and said, bring your friends and coworkers. And we showed up for the first mixer and a bunch of friends came out and we had about a hundred people at that first mixer, which was crazy. Um, it was awesome. And the energy in that room was just, <laughs> it, it was exactly how I envisioned it to be. And, and we were just sitting there saying like, let's have uh, the subsequent meetings after that. When we put together the board over the next few weeks after that first mm-hmm. mixer, it was all like, yeah, let's just encourage people to walk up to somebody they don't know and say, I don't know you. What do you do? And it was like, <laughs> that's such an awkward thing realistically but, but it was exactly but if you, there with the intent well and when you thing. put them in the environment where they feel comfortable doing that mm-hmm. you don't have to do the work for them right yes. yeah we wrestled with every little detail of like do we wear name tags we're like well yeah. no i mean that feels a little like forced and mm-hmm. you know we're like a lot of our members at the time that were becoming part of the board the board was forming right around then um had come from the organization solid and they had had a mix of great things to say about it and some drawbacks and some reasons as to why they thought that this organization could be different. And, um, they brought up a few things where there was kind of some required attendance at solid. There was uh, a threshold of having to have been in the industry a certain amount of time that I didn't meet at the time. And most of my friends didn't really meet their member dues, right? There were dues. Uh, and it was, a, it was just a lot more formal. And for us, we just kind of said, what is not there that we wish we could have? I mean, we are, either fresh to town or fresh out of school. Uh, everybody who's coming out to this, um, we don't have any money. <laughs> we don't have any money. You're buying your own no. drinks. Like mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to provide a lot of stuff for you. We can't, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, let's go free and open to anybody. And it just took off. I mean, mm-hmm. when we started doing the, the mixers went from, it was still, I mean, steadily a hundred people every single time. It was hundred awesome. people. And we stayed at Tin Roof for quite a while just while we were getting it started because they were just so good to us. They didn't charge us anything to kind of host yeah. it there. We, you know, they would give us drink specials and we were just like, this is perfect. This is all we need. We just need a space. And it wasn't about a show. We were, we were pretty cognizant of not putting music at the mixers mm-hmm. because it was about networking. We didn't want to be disrespectful to the artists. Um, we only tried it like once or twice and it had dismal results and we chose mm-hmm. to not do it. Um, how did you handle the, handle the growth when it came so fast? Uh, just having a group of people that were all in the same room to sit there and go, okay, well, yeah. let's keep doing what's working. The mixers are great. What can we do next? And that's really what led us to the first shows. We sat there and said, we have an audience now. Like, and that's one thing is the growth was the Facebook rules at the time were so easy to add people into a group involuntarily. <laughs> right. And it was, it was literally like, that's really what started. It was involuntary. If I put you in a group, you're in it. You start getting notifications immediately. It was not my choice that it was that way, but it was that way. So that really did. It was like 700 members within like two months. And, but people weren't leaving. Yeah. I'll give them no. that. Yeah, they weren't leaving. Um, and it was the right people. Right, exactly. And it was kind of this inner community of people who were young and connected to each other. And people were just looking to meet other people. And and so certain things started now going off in other offshoots of where we saw things working. And mm-hmm. the main thing was we have an audience now. We have really talented friends. Let's talk about doing a show. 
uh, our friend Cheryl Luquire, who went to Belmont with us, had an EP coming out. We're like, let's let's just support your release show. Let's do that. And so we did a show at Tin Roof. <laughs> of uh, course. We put, yeah, we put like six writers on it and did writers rounds before it. And that included Drake White was one of the writers on there. Nice. Who was recently um, on a rewind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gosh, she's been there from the beginning. It's 2011. Yeah. I mean, Channing Wilson, who's got a single out with Luke Combs now. Wow. Who's just one of the most talented songwriters in this town. We, they were all just people we kind of knew through the grapevine and had heard were great and things just you know so we did that show um and 250 people came to that and we were just great. like okay well all right we got another win we got the mixers and we got this show that's great and then we kind of kicked around the idea which will probably lead us to talking about rewind you know here at some yeah. point but um we talked about doing like a show where it wasn't about trying to get a record deal. <laughs> it's like just a show where it's let's just, just all have fun, fun and enjoy the different genres, themes of music that we yeah. that we all know. It was the third thing sing along it was to free, fun, and open to anybody. Right, it was like the real like core beliefs of the first, and we had not done any strategic planning or anything like that. It was just this is what we want to do, and so we were like, let's just have a night where people play classic country songs. Like, let's just bring up a bunch of artists. We'll get a house band. Looking back at that house band, they're like some of Amazing. my best friends in the world now. Yeah. Uh, and these guys had gone on to play for so many other people over the years. And a few of them are hit writers and all sorts of stuff. Um, but that first show, we were like, we're going to put 20 artists on the exit in stage with a house band just doing classic country songs. And at that point, they were like, well, like, what are your requirements? And we were like, well... I mean, whatever you consider to be classic country is what we told every artist. <laughs> Which nowadays we all know to put more controls in. Yes. Because at that now point, now I have a playlist to choose from. Exactly. <laughs> we were like, so then we had we had Florida Georgia Line on that first yeah. show. Yeah. They played, I'm pretty sure, like a John Michael Montgomery. So no, they played something from the '90s, and it was like, well, that's classic to them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we just did a '90s show, and yeah. it was all nowadays. It was. Yeah. It's so much easier, just so much smarter to like mm -hmm. segment. Oh, this mm -hmm. is the theme for this one. We're gonna stick to it because there's so much you can do. Mm -hmm. um, so we had Florida Georgia Line doing a '90s song. We had. Um, uh, <laughs> We had Tiffany, 80s pop star Tiffany. Oh my gosh. She was sort of in town doing the country she thing. She was doing a lot of writing here mm -hmm. at Starstruck. Yeah, she was doing a country like record, and yeah. I believe it came out. I, I think I'm it sure did, it did great. I'm sure it did amazing. <laughs> but she came out and sang Crazy, um, Patsy wow. Klein. Nice. So that was how far it skewed in that, that first cool. show. But we had Tiff 80s pop star Tiffany, who's still in my phone as Tiffany, I think we're alone now, <laughs> as a one last name. <laughs> it's just, I think we're alone now. Um, Florida Georgia Line, Chase Rice was on that show. Oh, wow. Um, Love and Theft, David Nail. Um, gosh, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at that whole roster. It was stacked. Um, Drake, I think, played that show as well again. Mm -hmm. Um, but so many of them went on to have number ones and get signed to record deals and mm -hmm. all that stuff, and by no means had anything to do with our show because at the time nobody knew any but of But you names. can say. Yeah, they early all, involved. They played, yeah, well, they. I mean, Brian and Tyler went to school with a lot of us, mm -hmm. and so they were still looking for their first record deal. And it was like, hey, do you guys want to come do one classic country song? They're like, sure. You know, we'll meet you at Red Door after. <laughs> um, it was it was awesome. So that was and that we had like five hundred people out too. That yeah, was July twelfth of twenty eleven. Wow, that was my mom's birthday. That's why I remember. Um, but it was uh, well, happy late birthday to your mom. Yeah. Since it was like a, what, right. almost a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But we live streamed it. You know, we actually tried to live stream that. You wow. know what we used? 
my laptop in the back of the room <laughs> and one of those like terrible streaming services that existed on a website back then. Oh so there's just God. one camera from the back of the room that could barely see the stage. But you have it recorded somewhere. Oh, I'm sure it's, yeah, it's oh somewhere Oh my gosh, there. that's hilarious. We've got to try and find that. that. I need to, I want to see I this. I think there's a couple of YouTube clips too that are out there yeah. from that show. And it was just like people who are fans of a certain, oh, Thomas Wright was on that show. Mm. He did Misery and Gin and wow. nobody knew who he was at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Love it. Um, well, yeah. since then we've had Marin. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Her, oh, so Marin, many. Uh, the, Jason Isbell. Was, da- yeah, was Dave Jason Barnes Isbell. on one? Yeah. We, uh, yes. I, yes. I feel like we had Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we've like done 10 rewinds. Shadow boxers. I tried Shadow to count boxer. last Dan Tominsky, time. We started calling him Uncle Dan when he came back and he, he sang Man of Constant Sorrow. I'm trying to bring him back to do the same song for this one. <laughs> That's fine. The famous it, movies it, everyone needs to shows. see it. Everyone yeah. has to see him do that at some point in their yeah. life. Um, he, we, he was just, he was the first one there. And he was playing like last. And so he was just backstage being the sweetest oh guy to ever. We were like, Uncle Dan, that's our guy. <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, we got to um, bring him back. Gosh, yeah. No, I mean, we got Amanda John Shires. Party. Yeah. Um, man, <sighs> the list is so long when I send it out to managers mm-hmm. um, requesting for other artists to play on the show. Eric Pasley. Some and, cool, like young, growing artists like Arlamar. Yep. He was one of the best ones that we've had. He did You Should Let Me Love You mm-hmm. by Mario. Yeah. that's yeah. A, That was a cool thing was seeing... We would bring everybody in with the headlining names and then from there uh, fill it out with just people we knew that were just really great and that fit that vibe. Right. Um, so we did like... Um, one of the artists I work with played that, 80s Night. And we ended up having to give him two songs because somebody bailed at the last minute. Yeah, that always happens. After that, I remember Jody Williams from BMI coming up to him and being like, I don't know you. Who are you? (laughs) And he was, it was Jason Nix. And he was just like, cool. I don't know you. Who are you? You know, to to Jody of all people. Um, But like those opportunities to have people in the industry see somebody who they may not know. I mean, the first time an artist I work with now, Kid Politics. Yeah. Kelby played on one of those nights and that was the first time I ever saw him play was on a Yep Night. And now he's signed. Yeah. (laughs) The Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast is brought to you by Bev. That's short for beverage, in case you didn't know. The canned rosé beverage made by Chicks. It's crisp, it's bubbly, it's delicious, and it's pink, which is a color we unequivocally love. Don't you love pink, Josh? Oh, yeah. Because we are who we are, and pink cans are what we're into. Pretty sure you'll be into them, too. So what does Bev taste like? The wine has bright fruit aromatics of strawberry, raspberry, and white peach. Taste of watermelon with crisp acidity, but not sweet. Wine color is that of healthy sea coral and pale pink lemonade. Bev likes fun, which is why they're on a mission to make the world more fun. But not just any kind of fun. Happy fun, confident fun, inclusive fun, kind fun. Which is why we hope when you grab a Bev, you dance a little crazier, smile a little brighter, introduce yourself a little sooner, maybe even at the next Yep Mixer. And you should know Bev is making their way to Nashville in February 2019. Check out their website, drinkbev.com, to shop online and find out where you can follow them on social media, Drink Bev. Well, I feel like you answered my question about, you know, some artists that you've walked, seen walk through Yep um, and form their community. Um, I know we just had Austin Burke on, a, on an episode. And so he talked about, you know, forming his band and, you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. So can are there any more that, that you that you still work with now that got their early start in Yep? I mean, the, I think the Facebook group does so much that 
we don't see. Yeah. What is the purpose at the Facebook group? The original idea was kind of to put everybody in the room to be like in the same space online to kind of be like, here's a show I'm going to check it out tonight. Yeah. Here's, you know, just like a community. And now it's named a community group. And it was just kind of like, here's what's going on in town. Yeah. Um, I'm going out to see this tonight. I'm going <laughs> by myself. Does anybody else want to go? And it was just a place for people to like further connect. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of just being in person. Right. So really the whole group was started with kind of a more in-person idea and it blew up online, you know, and, and, it, but we still face the challenge every board meeting of being like, okay, well we're going to try and get these people offline into person, you know? So we always kind of did that back and forth. I feel like, and it's probably still a thing that you guys are still always trying to figure out is like, how do we get all these people? We do have an audience online. Yeah. We bring them in. 25,000 plus. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, tough to manage such a large audience mm-hmm. in a Facebook group. So we've had to make some changes when it comes to like approving posts and making sure that we have the best opportunities for our members. <laughs> Not Eventually, just... it just became people trying to sell curtains and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was all sorts of people yeah. looking for places to live, which is one of those things that's like borderline. You're like, I mean, all struggling musicians should probably be yeah, finding a place to, to live. Yeah, we change that, move it to the rules that you can't do that. There are yeah. other Facebook pages for exactly. that. Exactly. Our yeah. group is pretty specific. To mm-hmm. entertainment. Yeah. But it's been going well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Well, okay, no. I want to go back to another question that we discussed earlier. First couple events that you that you put on. Any memories from those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, like, we, we were doing this in front of a microphone. I was like, the very first thing that I ever had to speak at was probably that tin roof thing, but I don't really remember that one. I remember the first exit in <laughs> show, and I was just staring directly into the mic with an audience of, like, 400 people in front of me. You can't see anybody on stage. <laughs> one thing I learned immediately when I got up there, <laughs> and I had no idea what to say, so I was like, I probably look cross-eyed just staring at this microphone <laughs> and just talking to... I had no idea what I was going to say, and I got through that one. Then there was another time I got up at tin roof, and uh, it was so hot. It was probably this time of year, July, in the middle of the summer. And it was just like the lights and everything. I was like, why would anyone get up here for a living? It's so <laughs> unbelievably hot up here. This is, you're all crazy for doing this. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, I had to learn public speaking pretty quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> eventually, I just started making some notes and making other board members come up with me. Yeah. Next like, thing here, I know, I'm this. up there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to split this. We're going to do this together. Uh, I'll say this half. You say this half. They don't, they're not here to see us anyway, but we need to say our thank yous. There was one that I do remember actually getting the whole crowd to actually be really quiet and listen. And it was, mm. we did a um, bone marrow registry benefit. Wow. And one of our board members, Marianne, mm-hmm. had had, um, she had had bone marrow, a bone marrow disease, um, and had a transplant, and it saved her life. And so that's why we brought wow. them in, the Be the Match Foundation, as the beneficiary on an event. And we had Marianne kind of give her testimony, and it was just such a pin drop moment that we were just like, "Man, there's wow. there's a lot we can be doing." I was going to say, it's awesome, it's a variety of ways that you can help. Yeah, I mean, that's where the rewind, the idea for bringing charities in, and. Mm-hmm giving them as much money as we could from the door just you know save for production other than production it was like let's there's so many worthy charities out there that we can do something for let's do the best we can you know and uh we've been able to do it for so many yeah talk more about the charities that we've that we've donated to through our events recently songs against slavery is a really great one they came in and brought all their people and banners and flyers and they were willing to talk to all of our members that came to the show 
that's what we look for too. Um, companies that will do that actually get our members involved. Yeah, they were actually registering people yeah. um, for bone marrow re- uh, donors. Wow! At mm-hmm. the actual event and things like that, it was really cool. I mean, there's St. Jude. We've always done a lot yes. of great stuff with St. Jude. I mean, they're the near Opry and dear. Trust. That was a lot of fun to do the Opry Trust stuff. That's what we always partnered um, the Classic Country Night with, and they would we had them bring out the Opry Circle for the Opry Circle <laughs> Throwdown, wow. and they would like we had them coming out and filming and doing like little social media clips in front. We got the Opry mic stand for it. So it what? Crazy. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all meet at a Yep event? Yes. Josh Sachs was on the leadership council of Yep. And I guess that they were discussing who else should join the leadership council. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to go to a mixer. And that's where I met Andrew. Yeah. We were learning how quickly we were aging. <laughs> we were <laughs> eventually <laughs> not young anymore. Um, we always joked that we would eventually start a group called Nope that was now oh. old professionals in entertainment and no one knew was allowed in. <laughs> um, but we were at that point just like, hey, and we were also getting more and more established in our own careers, right? Um, which meant more responsibility, which meant more focus on our jobs than, you know, being in our first, you know, almost barely over an internship kind of job mm-hmm. where we had the free time to be out every night and hanging and planning events and all that stuff. So we were looking to bring on more people that would kind of come on, understand what we were doing, how to run the events and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we had a mixer of just like invite only people who knew, Hey, just bring a few people you might know and let's see mm-hmm. if anybody gels and, and what we're doing. And Amelia was one of those people that came out that day and wasn't Love long it. after she was running the place. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, how has this organization helped you both in your current jobs? You're at Starstruck. Yes. Amelia. We're here uh, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get to work creatively now and I'm just meeting more and more writers every day, more artists because this is also a management company. Um, so it's definitely helped me work with artists. I've already had the experience working with artist managers just by booking shows through Yep. So that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. It was always my kind of side hustle while I was mm-hmm. working at Crush Management. I had three artists I was working with there. Um, I was on the road a bunch and all that kind of stuff. But it was always my way of meeting all the way up to executives in such a different capacity. I mean, yeah. getting relationships with the venues because we were putting on the shows, um, relationships with other artists in town, with, mm-hmm. with songwriters. I mean, I was... Management's pretty far from the publishing community and yeah. when it comes to songwriters and all that stuff. And so we were putting on writer's nights and all that. Mm-hmm. It was just a way to stay in tune, especially eventually running my own management company was like a way to have an eye out for the talent that was coming to town, you know, yes. the artists that were out there. Um, so for me, it was always, it helped in on the personal branding side of being able to, it honestly helped me be able to start my own company to know I could get in some doors because I had proven it with, yep, one of right. our first meetings that Jared and I took when we started our management company was with Randy Goodman. And it was about Yep, because we were talking about doing some fundraising and working with Sony. But we walked in, he was like, congrats on the new the new company you guys just started. <laughs> it was like, well, here's the exact situation of why these things worked so great together for me. Um, same with Rod Essig at CAA. We walked in, we, the meeting was supposed to be about Yep, and we talked about 10 minutes about, yep, and we got exactly what we needed out of CAA that day, but then we had talked for 50 minutes about my company, you know? So that's where it's just always been kind of a, a cool thing that's helped um, us, you know, I think a lot of us on the, on the board get our personal brand to be kind of uh, 
um, developed outside of our everyday right. duties. And, you know? you know, getting a better idea how to develop the artists mm-hmm. that you're working with. Mm-hmm. So it comes full circle all the yeah. way around. Um, so to wrap this up, I want to get, um, what's a piece of industry advice that you've received from a mentor of yours or somebody that you've met through Yep? You'd be one or the other. Both. You want to take this first? I feel yeah, like mine's pretty simple. I have a really great mentor, George Flanagan, who runs Deaton Flanagan Productions, and Belmont set us up when I was a student. He was the head of the Grammys at that time. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think about all the time that has really helped me, it's so simple, but he told me to make friends with these people that will go to events with me and be my buddy and like will invite me to the next event and I'll invite them to my own event and we'll just like tag team, go together and then divide and conquer. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely have like those buddies where I feel like I can go to things not alone, but go with somebody and not feel like I have to introduce them to everybody. Like we're able to go do our own thing. And sometimes when you're not in that situation, you don't get to meet the people or make the right connections. Right. So that's something that I never expected to learn from a mentor, but it's really stuck with me and helped me not just through up events, but everything that we go to for work. I have like an entire Twitter account of, <laughs> of like this- wisdom that was imparted to me by my old boss, John Grady. Okay. It's at not John Grady. It's not super active because he doesn't live in town anymore. But maybe it'll be active after this. I'm looking at it right now. There's 148 tweets and they were direct quotes that Mark and I, Mark Rucker, who's on uh, the advisory board for Yep, and we worked together for years and we would collect anything he would say and be like, oh, there's a tweet. And we would go tweet them and he was just full of pearls of wisdom for days. Um, I'm looking at it just to see if there's anything that like, like there's one that just goes back to the creative for like artists. He said, if you make a great record, it doesn't matter if you're a guy, girl or a barking dog, which I absolutely believe is the <laughs> wow. case. Things like that. He would just toss it's things true. like little nuggets of wisdom. Doug the uh, pug probably will make a yeah. record one day. <laughs> hey, if he cuts the <laughs> right songs, millions. we got plenty of publishers. Already has a calendar. We got yeah. songs. Endorsements. Yeah. I mean like, so Grady <laughs> just has, uh, honestly, like I can't even really pick a million of, or any one of these things like he was just honestly the greatest boss I could have ever had and he was so encouraging about everything and he was he kind of opened up his world of contacts um, for me to become my own I I met with a a guy who was about to move to town today and I was talking to him about that where it's like hey if I introduce you to somebody that's your contact now you follow up with them you create a relationship with that person you don't need me to do that and Grady was always the person who did that for me Mm. Um, when I started I was a day-to-day manager. I didn't know anything about anything really. I mean, I, I just, he threw me in and introduced me to his whole world and allowed me to develop those relationships, which absolutely helped in every kind of respect, you know? And so I, I try and pay that forward and try and do unto others the same way that, you know, people in the industry have, have reached out and been so kind to us as we grew this YEP organization and all that, that try and do whatever we can to try and just help somebody who's trying to get into the business the same way we were, you know? Well, I've definitely seen that. Just not even Appreciate just that. being involved, but you know, just seeing it, seeing the name everywhere, and people that who are involved that love it so much. So, thanks so much for sharing your experience. Thank you. It's great. It's so fun. Yeah. It's yeah. About time Let's we do it get together sometime. to talk. Yes. <laughs> now that you know the story behind Yep, it's time to get involved. Visit yepnashville.com to sign up for our newsletter and see a calendar of upcoming events, live shows, and more. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's at Yep Nashville. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.